Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic, medium, and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into the show. I had an incredible opportunity to interview an emerging artist. Her name is Ia, and um, she has had the opportunity to work with a lot of people in the industry, well-known people in the industry. So she's going to tell us a little bit about her journey and what that process has been like um, and how it still takes work. It still takes a lot of effort. You know, even if you have your foot in the door because you come from a famous family or you have, you know, important connections, that doesn't mean or automatically guarantee that you're going to become um, this famous artist or you're going to be a well-known singer or your work's going to be successful. Um, you still have to put the work and the effort into it regardless. So it was a really incredible um conversation and it shed a lot of light into the struggles that artists have to deal with when they are working towards their brand and building their business and staying authentic in that process. So this is Ia and I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Do we have words if you fold them into paper birds whose meaning just fly away? I try to be yours but all you Someone to burn and carry all the way You were my has really propelled you to want to go into this industry into becoming a model and an actress and a, a singer, because you've got quite a few uh, pieces of art out there now that you've been working on for the last few years. So what really pushed you in that direction? So I have always been this kind of person who, you know, at four years old was in theater, was in mm. plays. Um, in elementary school and middle school, I started, you know, trying out for leads and stuff like that. And then in high school, I did, I dabbled in it. I was in a few commercials and mm. stuff where I would like fly from the Bay Area to LA to audition or to film or whatever. And um, so I've always been doing this. I've always been, you know, in the entertainment industry mm. in my own form because, um, you know, that was, that's just what I was drawn to. That's just yeah. what I liked from a very early age. My mom knew I was going to do something in entertainment. Yeah. So she supported that. My, my grandma supported that. Everyone, you know, kind of like saw it at a young age and was like, okay, so this is what she's going to do. You know, you know, right away sometimes with kids, it's like, yeah. oh, I could tell this one's going to do, do something. Right. So, um, you know, my brother was more into like building things and I was more into like putting on performances. When my cousins would come over when I was like around seven or eight, and we'd have like the whole family over, and all the adults would be like, you know, socializing and drinking or whatever, I would take all the kids and do like band rehearsals or plays or whatever, like skits. Yeah. We would put on this show for like all of our parents, and we would do like SNL skits, or we would pretend we're Destiny's Child. Um, you know, uh, American Idol home edition and like different things like that. So mm -hmm. I was always directing and like putting on shows for my family and then finally moved out to LA and you know, that just 
got bigger and bigger. What, what, what is it about that industry that like really attracted you? Was it like being on a stage and having people see you or was it feeling a sense of like coordinating with the different elements? What part of it was the drawing factor for you or is the drawing factor for you? I, it's just being creative. Like mm. I could never be in a nine to five job. I've tried it. And honestly, like that would like kill my creativity and just like, you know, my happiness and stuff like that. Um, some people, you know, enjoy that. Like my brother is very opposite of me. My brother will likes that whole like nine to five structure kind mm. of thing. Um, my family calls me the gypsy because I don't really have like a format of life. I just live and be creative. And that's like, you know, how I find joy and how I, you know, share parts of my soul and stuff like that is through my art. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I am living my art, but like you said, like I grew up on, uh, I grew up on stage. I grew up on stage from a very young age. I traveled with my grandmother who was always on stage. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would, uh, before she would come on, I would dance while people were, um, I would dance on stage while people were taking their seats. Mm. That was just fun for me. I just, was always putting on a show as a kid. Yeah. You know, always being creative in my way. Huh. So you, you know, I, I've run into people over the years with the coaching work that I do. And I've got the people who are like, oh, I want to be famous. And then you've got the people who are like, I want to be a singer, but I also want to be famous, you know, but they're more connected to the music. And there are people who are more connected to the attention. Um, ha has it been hard having to distinguish between the two or having to kind of focus more so on one part of it than the other part of it, just because of the background that you come from? Not for me. Cause I don't want to be famous. Like I don't care about fame. Mm. I care about the art. I would love to not have to do like a day job. I'd love for my art to pay me. And I, you yeah. know, only make from my art. It's not there yet, yeah. but like definitely a goal of mine. But, um, but yeah, I just, you know, want to keep, bettering myself as an artist keep outdoing myself like I don't I listen to the radio just so I could tap into like top 40 you know I love country music I love you know um 80s rock mm. I love a lot of different kinds of um music but at the same time I don't listen to like a lot of music because I don't want to be influenced by other artists and what they're doing um I want to tap in to just like tap in know what's going on right now but then kind of like stay in my own lane and, you know, because I do a lot of, um, a lot of my stuff. Like yeah. I don't, uh, I work with my, one of my really good friends, Jay Phoenix, and he produces and co-writes with me. But then after the song's done, it's all me. I do the visuals. I direct and produce the music videos. Um, you know, all of the whole visuals, visuals that go along with the music is all, you know, um, my vision of what I want the music to portray to the mm. audience. Mm. You know, you probably have some people who are listening and they're like, what do you mean she doesn't want to be famous? Like if she's trying to be an artist and such, doesn't she have to be famous? But I will correct people because Anya, who is one of the most highly grossing artists of like the last century, I think, or the last um, decade, she is extremely antisocial. She doesn't do a lot of interviews at all. And she spends all her time in her castle, you know, out there and over the lake. So over the, the, the water. Yeah. Who wears a wig. So no one knows what she looks See? like. Exactly. Or, or like, um, what is it like a uh, Daft Punk or Dead Mouth 5? Mm. Like they all wear masks and stuff because they don't want anyone to know who they are. I don't because, you know, no one will let me out doing that. But, um, <laughs> right. Right. Hmm. I wanted to. Like, that was, like, an original thing. Like, I wanted to. I, I'm like, I don't want people to know who I am. Also, hmm. 
you know, um, but at the same time, like, I know I can't do any other job than something creative like this, because like I said earlier, that would just like eat me alive. Yeah. Do you wake up like thinking about the music or thinking about like videos or the stuff that you want to do? Um, well, I wake up and think about coffee. (laughs) Right. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Like, um, Usually, like, me and my mom will have coffee and, like, game plan. My mom helps me out a lot. Mm. Like, she's, she's great because I don't have a manager right now. Um, you know, I'm very limited in, like, the resources I have. So my mom's, like, my number one fan, my number one supporter. Mm. So she helps me out any chance I get. So, you know, we'll sit and, like, game plan and, you know, strategize different things. Um, I know a lot because I've worked on the other side of the industry um, for a while where I was, like, you know, working – on the business side of things. So I learned a lot there, Mm. which was great. And now I kind of like incorporate it into what I'm doing. Yeah. So, so coming, well, so coming from like a background in the entertainment industry and having family that are, you know, that were well known, et cetera, like you got to see all the behind the stage interactions and also just you yourself in trying to, to build your own brand and name in the industry. What has that been like for you as a quote unquote newcomer to the industry, but at the same time also still being kind of an insider of the industry. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is like, I know, you know, coming from, you know, a famous family, what, what that's like. Right. So, um, I feel like in a way, like I already, I don't want to say like groomed, but like, you know, you have that knowledge that like someone who's starting out that doesn't have a famous family, um, does so like I have a really great work ethic from my family like you know they got where they are because you know they're such hard workers they're so consistent mm-hmm. um you know they would be sick throwing up on the side of the stage and still go out there yeah. you know to do the job but at the same time you know I'm in a different industry I'm in music yeah. so no one knows who, who I am in music yeah. I'm starting off from ground zero sure I have you know a couple hundred super fans from my family, but at the same time, like, no one even knows who Ia is. They only know me as Angel Ia or whatever, and a lot of people don't even know what happened to that little girl that was on stage. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, a lot of people don't realize she grew up. So you feel like you see, I mean, we're in the Me Too movement, uh, you know, age now where a lot of these stories are coming out about people having really bad experiences growing up in the industry and so forth. Did you ever experience or witness anything that was like that, either directly or just seeing how that could be affecting other people in the industry? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of people I find out later will only want to work with me to get in my pants, which is, you know, very frustrating. Yeah. And like enough have tried mm. and enough have crossed that line mm. and have said really, you know, awful, awful things mm. um, about like what they wanted to do to me or whatever. And I'm like, in any other environment, it was, that's like sexual harassment. But right. because we're in music, there's technically like no boss. And it's like two people like connecting. Like you can't 
you know, really do anything about it. And at the same time, it's kind of like his word versus my word. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, I know that's something that I know it's going to be like, these are learning experiences for me. And every time, like I keep um, getting faced with that, I handle it a little better, a little bit differently, which is also great. And then at the same time, I'm not going to let it stop me. Like this is something that's, I'm probably always going to have to deal with. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But at the same way, get in the way of my dream. It's, you know, for a lot of people, it could be really uncomfortable. It could be really frustrating um, and really disgusting. And I completely understand. But, uh, you know, it, you just got to be stronger than that. You got to be better than that. And you got to learn from that. Yeah. So that's what away from it. So I remember watching like this episode of Oprah where she was interviewing Beyonce and they were wanting Beyonce to like do a bunch of stuff he did not want to do. And she even, she was telling Oprah in the interview, like, you know, they're going to push you and push you and push you. And at some point you just have to say no, or you have to hold your ground. Like how has it been with you trying to remain your authentic self, the emerging person that you are and are becoming and, and, and have been gradually becoming over many years of experience. How is, how has it been to try to say authentically you, but still delivering or still trying to give them what they're wanting, still trying to give, you know, put on the plate if they want steak, but you're, you're all about the lasagna. How do you still give them what you want to give them without and still honor what they're wanting? I mean, the good part is, like, I'm not working with a label, so no one's really telling me what I need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always been true to myself because I've been an independent artist this whole time. Yeah. I have worked with some, you know, bigger names in the industry who, you know, are like, oh, you're not ready yet, you're not ready yet. Mm. And so a lot of times, like, I was just, like, waiting because, you know, they didn't think I was ready yet, which is understandable, mm. you know. You want your artist to come out sounding good, mm. sounding correct, on a, like a crazy sounding person who's like not ready because, you know, she can't hit the notes or whatever. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so like I, I've, I've been true to my, true to myself. I have, you know, there's been times where people have tried to take advantage of the situation either by, you know, like I said, trying to get in my pants or uh, try like not paying me, uh, certain things like that. Mm. So I, I will in a polite way, you know, address that and, you know, let people know that I am not a pushover. Yeah, I'm, I'm young, but, you know, I got to be, I feel like I got to be, you know, at least a step or two ahead of them yeah. because they do constantly try to, you know, take advantage of like not paying me when, when they say that they're going to pay me or, mm. you know, whatever the situation is, or they think like, um, you know, because I'm so young, I, I don't know things yeah. or I'm oblivious whatever it's like i'm not yeah. you know but also because you're pretty in a woman and that immediately like makes you stupid or not know anything because that's how some males you know think or react to women that like that i mean i didn't want to say that but you know, it's the truth no it's the truth like my sister my sister has a master's in like it and she can like break down a computer code like no one's business. But yet when we go out, because she's got the figure that she does, we'll go out and all of these guys are just kind of like hawks around her. And I remember this one inc incident where she was at the store and this guy was following around trying to take pictures of her crotch. And she was oh. like, what the hell? And then luckily 
the family was all there. So when they found out what was going on, they rallied and completely, con- you know, confronted the guy and were like, was like, the hell you doing, man? And then they like t- got him and threw him out of the store just because it was that crazy. Yeah. And he had the pictures on his phone. So crazy, crazy. Yeah. So, and the fact that you have to deal with people who are in an industry who obviously feel empowered to do so because they are someone or because they have so much sway with so many different organizations and such, it's, it's obvious that it's going to be a lot more, it's going to be a lot harder to stand your ground, especially in that kind of situation. And you may not have your family members or the people around you to step in and say, Hey, you know, back the fuck off, you know? So there's going to be a lot of that there. Mm. So you've worked, you've worked with some famous families, huh? I have, I have, yes. I came out um, with Dancing Alone Forever, Nobody Else But You, and I was working with Terrell Jackson, who is Tito Jackson's son. Mm-hmm. And then his brother, uh, Taj, shot the visuals for the lyric video for Dancing Alone Forever. Yeah. So um, I was working really closely with the Jackson family for a while, and then because I was working with them, I met Corey Rooney, who is, you know, the, one of the original producers for J-Lo, and um, like Mariah Carey, he worked with Michael Jackson, you know, like a ton of names, mm. and I was working with him for a while, like doing the other, doing the business side of things, which is really cool, because I got to meet Smokey Robinson, mm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I have worked with some names in the music industry, um, which has really been awesome. I learned so so much from them, yeah. you know, that, you know, never thank them enough for that. Yeah. I think it, it's gotta be a lot of pressure to work with people who are that well established in the industry and then, you know, have them make critiques or have them say this or have they say that, you know, and sometimes they're probably just making suggestions for what you should do better or what you can do better. But then I, I can't help but feel like you would want to take that personally or feel you know, a little heartbroken about a commenter here, even if it wasn't men as such. Have you ever had that kind of experiences? No, no, not like regarding like how, hold on, my dog. Oh, yeah, 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 you're good. Oh. Hello, baby. Hi. Bread right now. Regarding that, um, no, because like when I started music, I was ne- I was never considered myself like a musician, a singer. Um, I was honestly trying something out for the first time and fell in love with it. Mm. So I didn't have any knowledge going into it. I didn't have any like expectations or anything. I didn't really think it was going to go anywhere, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't think I could sing. <laughs> so when it did start going places, I got really excited about it. And I just thought that I had, like, the way I looked at it, it was like, oh, wow, I have, you know, really iconic teachers, kind of, you know, that helped me, you know, only get better as an artist. And there's always something to learn from someone. So I I, I never took anything personal, not regarding music. I never took anything, you know, personally on that. What do you feel is like, what are are some of the biggest things you learned about yourself going through those experiences? Oh, I guess, you know, something about me is like, I always love trying new things. Hmm. Um, I love, I always have to try new things. One, because I might not like it and then I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. And, and two, I, I might like it. And then that might spark a whole new adventure for me. So when I had the opportunity to jump in the, in the booth with Carol, um, I did. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, but I learned. 
taught me, and he, you know, it was a lot of hard work, mm. I'm not going to lie. A lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, 13-hour days or something crazy like that. Mm. Um, so, but it was it was good. It was good. I, you know... I'm just getting better. So where are you where are you taking your brand right now? Where what direction are you trying to take your label and your your name and your music? I'm just trying to get people to know who I am. Like I can, <laughs> so no one knows who I am. Yeah. Is there yeah. pressure that, because I mean, going into it, I'm sure you, you went into it with an open mind or just an open heart because you were willing to learn. Um, but you know, it, how much pressure is it to have to like do it every single day and, and get all those critiques and get people wanting to like help to shape and mold you in a certain way? How has that been? It's been for me, it's been exciting, mm. you know, from how I view things, it's exciting that these, you know, big, huge industry game players even have the time to help me out or to, you know, make me better because I, I'm no one in the music industry. Uh, so just the fact that they saw something in me or in my voice or, you know, the way that they like to work with me, stuff like that, that they gave me a chance to teach me is, is very, you know, inspiring for me. So every day I would be excited to go to the studio, to go work with them, to learn something new. Yeah. No, um, I didn't really feel any pressure. I just felt like excitement, like, you know, it was kind of like a little fire in me that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go. And I, I don't really talk about like the people that I work with a lot, um, you know, in my everyday life, because that's just not the kind of person I am. I don't really name drop that often. Yeah. But like, if, you get, if you look at the credits under any of my music, like you could view it, you could find them, of course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No secret. Yeah. So what's the what's your the the project that you've worked on so far that you've, you're the most proud of? Uh, probably Paper Birds. You know, that was my single coming out that was, you know, I co-wrote it with my friend Jay Phoenix who did the production behind it. Uh, I actually have my ex-boyfriend in the video playing Ken. Uh, so when, I, when we were filming it, I didn't realize I was living my art because I have a tendency to write a song that I'll later live out in the future. Mm. So I kind of write my future in my songs. Right. <laughs> I didn't really realize it at the time. Right. But right. Uh, now that it's happened so many times, I do. So when we were filming that, I didn't really realize that I was living my art because 10 days later, um, the guy I was dating broke up with me. Wow. So by the time that song came out, by the time the video came out, we were already broken up for months. And then I got a lot of people, which is why I also named it the best breakup video of all time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch the video you'll understand why yeah. uh but a lot of people were like you know when they found that out they're like oh are you upset that you put your you know your ex in the video i'm like no one he played an amazing ken yeah. i don't think i know anyone that would play a better ken and two how many ex-girlfriends get to kill their ex-boyfriends and get away with it right. you know like over and over so yeah it was fun it was spoofy we had a great time um that whole day was a beautiful day 
And uh, also, that was like my directing my directorial debut that was the first time I really directed anything mm. like I produced all of my videos but I never directed my videos up until that moment so this was really 100% my vision so so what's been the most f almost freak out or like anxious experience you've had in putting yourself out there or getting on stage or any of the work that you've done what's been the most like oh crap you know you're having that moment like I'm gonna do this but oh shit Responding to all my social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do try to keep up, but like some, like when, when a single gets launched or whatever, you know, like stuff like that, I get um, mass, mass uh, messages in my inbox where it's like very overwhelming to me. And I, I try very hard to respond back to everyone, but you know, there's hundreds and hundreds on all my sites and um, sometimes they get lost. Yeah. Like, like on Facebook, I, I lose a lot of messages or I'll look at them and like, you know, about to respond, but then I get distracted and forget to respond. And so I have like a lot of half conversations with mm. people and they're probably like, oh, you know, thinking some kind of crap about me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but in all honesty, like it's, um, yeah, keeping up with like my social media mm. and trying to like make these authentic connections with, uh, I call them my friends, but if you want to call them fans, that's cool. Um, but making these authentic connections with my friends over the internet yeah. who, you know, want to talk to me and stuff. And that's been really hard and really hard to keep up with. I can totally relate to you on that because I am not really good at responding back with comments and stuff. When people, even if it's posting positive, so like people will post positive. A majority of it is positive. There's a little bit that's negative. Like I did a, a, a video on YouTube and, you know, I had a guy saying you're mentally ill and you need to get help. And I mean, people can come at you when they want to come at you. And so I'm not that great at going and reading the comments because I'm trying not to like get caught up in the whole hate and bullying scheme. But at the same time, it's like, uh, I need to know what people are saying or if there's something that they're all seeing that I'm not catching or seeing in my own way. Um, but yeah, I totally understand that freaks me out as well. And I, especially with criticism, I usually just don't respond to criticism. And uh, oh. people are always like instant messaging me this or whatever. And I have very, very sound barriers around myself. So you either go to my website, you participate in the Facebook Live or the Instagram Live, um, or you participate in the post there. But you know, calling me or text messaging me or trying to have like a personal one on one, uh, I, it's enough people, it's too many people. There's a lot of people that like will try to call me on uh, Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I don't know you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, don't call me. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people yeah. FaceTime me like at two or three o'clock in the morning and they're FaceTiming. I never like my phone is set up a certain way. So if someone gets a hold of my number and then they actually call me, it's going to reroute them directly to voicemail because it's not family or friends. Right. I have it set up that way. But every now and then one call will get through, you know, damn Apple. Yeah. yeah so I feel like also like when you do like have these like conversations with you know, people that you don't know in person, but you know, over the internet, yeah. they also kind of feel like, um, you know, they can call you and they can, you know, mm. step over some lines that, you know, you don't really put, but you're like, oh, it's common sense that there's lines and you, you should not cross them, right. you know, if you just think about it. So, so yeah, like some, you know, some people send me dick pics. Wow. <laughs> right wow yeah but that's what that's that's a lot like that's awful like people asking me to marry them and you know stuff like that which is just funny 
Yeah. Uh, I've had a couple photographers who have asked me to marry them and stuff, and I'm just like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah. Like no. Yeah. Just like weird weird stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But. Mm. Well, then you know, people are probably wondering like, who's this famous? Who's her family, or who's the famous family that she comes from? And they probably like don't even have no clue what the heck you know you're referring to when you talk about those stuff. What? Uh, who's your famous family, or who's your famous grandmother? Let's put it that way. Yeah, so my my grandmother, who I call Bagda, I never called her grandmother mm. or grandma. I always called her Bagda. Uh, she's Sylvia Brown, and she's world famous. I traveled the world with her when I was young, you know, while she did lectures mm. or salons or, you know, just a lot of public speaking and stuff like that. Uh, I would travel with her when she was on Montel. There's a couple episodes where she took me on stage when she was on Montel. Like, we had a birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me and my mother. <laughs> well, your mom, your grandma can be kind of a polarizing figure for a lot of people. I mean, I put her kind of in the same category as, uh, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton, because to some people, Hillary Clinton is this like saint. And to other people, she's like this demonic, you know, pedophile ring person that like has this, you know, mysterious ring. But people have all kinds of ideas and they don't get to see like the stuff that happens behind the scenes. You only knew her as grandma, as Bagda to you. Um <laughs> How you, how did that affect her, like, just having to deal with so much of that polarizing energy? Or did, did it really cause her to, like, it, be worried for y'all? No, 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 no. She she was never worried. or She never let it get to her. She was always like, fuck them, you know? <laughs> like, do her own thing. She's not going to let anyone stop her, right. which is kind of, like, where I go back to is, like, that great work ethic where she had, like, tunnel vision and she mm. didn't really care if people hated her. Um you know, she loved when people loved her, but if someone hated her, she didn't, she didn't care. Yeah. She never let it get to her. Mm. She never, ever let, I never saw anything ever get to her like that. Yeah. So, um, and she, you know, someone came up to her, she would rip them a new one. Mm. She was very vocal. Oh. I was, I'm sure, like, people who knew who she was really know that she was. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, growing up in a psychic family was really hard. Like, mm. I lost a lot of friends because of it. Uh you know, people would find out who I, you know, who I was related to and no longer wanted to talk to me. Or they had, like, a million questions. Um, and, like, you know, all they wanted to do was talk about it. So it, it was, even growing up, like, when I was little, it was, there was a bad, like, stigma around the word psychic. Like, I still cringe when I hear the word psychic mm. just because, like, how I was growing up with people who like perceived me yeah. so I like to call it intuition which is basically the same thing yeah. uh, but I would actually like when I was growing up I'd lie about who my once that started happening I would lie about who my family was and they knew it like because my dad grew up the same kind of way where people were like really mean to him and stuff and um, my bag did too like they all understood where I was coming from mm. so you know they knew I loved them they knew I supported them but to get through school they knew I had to do you know say like these like lies about who my family was i mean it came out anyway yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah like people there's like th three ways that people would take it one they no longer wanted to be associated with me because you know they were scared or they thought my grandma was the devil right uh two they were like super fascinated or super fans about it and they were like oh are you psychic can you tell me my future ask me a million questions and i'm like whoa buddy back up yeah three they're like, I don't even know who that is. Like, you're my friend. And that one wasn't as frequent as the other two, mm. but it did happen. And I do have a really great friend that I've had for 17 years because she didn't care. She's like, you're my friend. Mm. I don't care. Mm. <laughs> 
ones you hold on to just those connections where they don't care what you can do or who you are or whatever i mean i have people who are my friends and but yet they only reach out to me when they want me to say something about their future or they want me and i'm just like and i i, I kind of wrote them a new one because i'm like uh is this 1-800 call a psychic your personal psychic no yeah. I, that's not what i am like you know like i have I, I i would love to like do something for you but this is not about that so i totally get that um, how, how hard has it been distancing yourself from that part of your family's like pa- background and business? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure your mom, your grandma had a ton of people. She still has people all around the world who loved her, still love her and still follow her work, but that's not who you are. And that's not what you do. You, you kind of went in a very different direction. Was there a lot of pressure to have to go in that door to, to want to be pushed in that direction? And how did you kind of make it? aware people aware that you weren't going to go in that direction yeah well yeah at first yeah because i am the oldest grandchild and there's not many of us Mm. on my dad's side so um and i was very close with my grandmother like we did everything together and um of course you know like um they wanted me to be my own person but for a long time they thought i was going to take over the business and she wrote about it a lot and i made it very clear from the beginning I wasn't yeah. and stood my ground against my family and until they you know my my grandmother always supported me anything I want to do she always supported me so when she like noticed that I was going to do my own thing she was like yeah go do your own thing I wouldn't wish this on anyone like you know go do too yeah <laughs> you know this job's hard <laughs> yeah yeah huh. so. so what is a one of your favorite memories with your grandma uh, we, luckily, I got to travel with her a lot. You know, she took me to her favorite place in the world, which is Kenya, when mm. I was seven. Really? Kenya? That's interesting. Yeah, that's her favorite place in the world. Huh. Yes. Why, why do you think and, that? Um, she just she just loved it. She said something was, like, very magical about it. Mm. And it is. It's a very magical place. So I remember, like, we we traveled a lot and um, around Kenya different places and there was this one place that was over by like a river and there was like hippos and uh you know the guide was like okay you can't go out at night because the hippos come out and like they'll you know walk around Mm. so one night we're sleeping there and all of a sudden we hear something on the front porch and we both like freak out because it's a hippo on our porch uh but yeah it was she was like a really great grandmother you know she would read me bedtime stories Mm. Um, or tell me even better if she like told me bedtime stories. Uh, you know, she taught me craft arts and crafts. Mm. You know, um, again, ha- how to have a proper work ethic. You know, she took me around everywhere. Mm. I was like always under her wing, going everywhere with her. And then when my parents divorced, I kind of stopped. So all the way up until I was seven, I got to hang out with her a lot. And then when my parents divorced, that's kind of when I like disappeared out of like the limelight because mm. uh, my mom you know didn't really want me growing up like that so I had more of like a childhood and 
did that whole kind of thing. And then, you know, when I was a teenager and, you know, made up my own own mind on what I wanted to do, you know, that's when I came back and I went to Egypt and Israel with her and went to Hawaii with her and um, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So what helps push you every day? Like, I mean, here you are, you're really trying to push yourself and push your, push your brand, push your label, push your music. Like what helps you get up every day and focus on that? Um, just like, I guess, having a good drive, having, like I said, a good foundation of good work ethic, uh, you know, also loving what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's important. Because if you don't love what you do, it's very hard to get up in the morning. Yeah. And trust me, I have those jobs. Also, the fact that I don't want to have those jobs anymore where, you know, I have jobs that do support me and I'm like, see such. So, um, I love traveling, which is why, like, music, you know, is so fitting for me. Mm. Like, the hours work great. You're usually working all hours of the night, which is amazing because I am not a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I find that more creatives are like evening or night owls. Like like these intense minds are just like in the middle of the night, just like going at it. I work till four, four, five, six in the morning sometimes working on working on tracks, and that's great for me. Those those are like my hours. And also, you know, I hope to start traveling. You know, and doing shows more. Like I'd love to just be on the road doing shows and you know sharing my art with people. I'm not. There, I'm working on it. I'm doing band practice now, mm. but uh, you know, to get to that point where I am traveling all the time because you know, I, my my family say I am a gypsy. I don't like to be in one place too long. Mm. I've actually, since I've been in LA, moved every 12 months or sooner because wow. I just can't be stuck in one place. I grew mm. up on the road. I you know grew up with divorced parents. I have always been in motion and to be stuck in one place is very suffocating to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you, you have these people who think like, Oh, I'm going to be a famous singer and I'm going to move out to LA or I'm going to be a famous uh, artist and I'm going to move out to LA. And I'm sure that's probably a regular trend for LA with people coming and going and coming and going. What are those people, if you could speak authenticity and truth to those people who think they are just going to move there and be someone, what would, what two pieces of advice would you give them? I would tell them never to give up because you're not going to make it as soon as you think you are. <laughs> and that's the truth. Mm. So don't give up because people are like, oh, I'm going to spend a year, it out, a year out in LA and see where that goes. No, a year is not enough. 10 years is not enough. Yeah. You need to start and you need to be consistent mm. and don't give up because if you, you know, doubt yourself or give up, like that's when you lose. People make it in the industry because they are consistent and because they don't stop, not because they're super talented or, you know, they're beautiful or whatever. That all helps, not going to lie. That that definitely helps, but that's not the reason. It's not, you know, who you know. Sometimes it's about who you know, but like I said, I've worked with a lot of big names in the industry and I'm still an unknown. Yeah. Um, two is you know, also not to get discouraged because a lot of it has to do with money. If you are not putting a big budget behind you in music, odds are you're not going to go very far, very fast. So um, just keep that in mind, you know, to that, you know, don't give up. Have you noticed like a big change with the industry now that streaming is becoming the norm and people aren't going to Hollywood for movies and productions as much? Yes, the industry has completely changed. It's 
when I moved out here, I caught like the beginning of it. So, you know, I moved out here 11 years ago. So it was just beginning social media. Like I moved out here before Instagram was a thing. Mm. Uh, MySpace was still a thing. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Facebook, yeah. Facebook was starting to get legs and starting to get momentum. So I moved out here right at like the beginning of the curve. And, and yeah, like now, you know, it's all about numbers. Also, that's another thing. It's like, it's all about numbers. Uh, I have about 15,000 followers and that's nothing. You know, people are, don't really want to touch you until you have 500,000 followers. Mm. I'm just like, I don't even know how to get there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I've, I've lost a lot of contracts, because a lot of big contracts, because I didn't have enough followers. So, wow. it's not always about talent. It's not always about, you know what it should be about yeah. sometimes it's just basically about numbers or about a budget or you know stuff like that stuff that's not really always under you know your control mm. so. so they're basically waiting for people to become to get to that influencer status before they decide i'm going to work with that person so instead of trying oh, to like yeah. turn someone that's a unknown into something big it's easier just to start yeah. with people who already have a huge audience then yeah because it's a less of a gamble mm. interesting and free marketing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then that's going to be important for some of the, for these people to be working on their following and influence. What are you doing to build that? <laughs> because obviously that's going to be important to you at some point, right? <laughs> 15,000. I've tried really hard to build my following and it, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard that algorithms change constantly. So it's really mm. hard to get ahead of the curve on that yeah. one. So, yeah. Uh, just being consistent, which is something um, that's very important, is to be consistent, and also, you know, shouting people out so they shout you out, and um, trying to do like a social media climb that way. Like, I don't even think like hashtags really work anymore. But uh, and also being authentic to yourself, like you know, you got to be authentic to yourself and try to find like your own little niche. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, get followers that way. I got a lot of my followers because I was in LA Fashion Week for a couple of years. Oh. And that has nothing to do with what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and being a part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. And also just giving people kind of a glimpse into that world and what that actually is like compared to what we are fed based off of movies and, and all that junk. Yes. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. It's so nice to finally you know, virtually meet you, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and have a beautiful conversation with you. And, um, you know, thank you so much for all your love and support. And I just appreciate it. Anytime you want me on, just let me know. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I will be cashing in. <laughs> okay, good. Because I have a couple new singles coming out oh. this year. Oh, very cool. So then we're going we're gonna to touch up on that then.
If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, then like, share, and review my show on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and for more information about myself and the work that I do, check out my website at www.fernandomarone.com. Till next time, kiddos, and be sure to have yourselves a namaste.